seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you've left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard. Let me ask you a very 2023 question. Are you gnome-pilled, or are you going goblin mode? If you're unsure, I can remove a bit of the meme speak and we'll try again. Do you identify more as a gnome or a goblin? This might very well be something you've never considered. Or perhaps, as soon as you heard me ask, you immediately knew the answer. But if you're feeling uncertain, or even downright bewildered, let's explore the gnome-goblin vibe dichotomy with two representative songs. In the gnome corner, we'll start with Pink Floyd featuring Sid Barrett singing The Gnome in 1967. I want to tell you a story about a little man if I can, a gnome named Grimble Grumble And little gnomes stay in their homes Eating, sleeping, drinking their wine And now in the Goblin Corner, we have the novelty metal band Necrogoblicon performing Dressed as Goblins. Okay, take a deep breath and search inside yourself. Can you hear a little voice? Does it laugh, ho, 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 or he, he, he? Would it like to host the tea party for woodland creatures or shotgun a four loco and pillage a village? Until recently, gnomes and goblins were primarily encountered in D&D campaigns and fantasy paperbacks. But just like how the wizard archetype has begun to move into our world, thanks to wizards like me and all you fine listeners of this podcast as a ritual, gnomes and goblins are now skipping and slinking their way into the collective unconscious. Bearded gnomes advertise seasonal sales at Trader Joe's, while goblin mode was the Oxford English Dictionary's word of the year in 2022. These entities are entering the zeitgeist. But when future cultural anthropologists try to trace back the gnome-goblin outbreak, they'll have to listen to this podcast episode and look at the mimetic seeds sown by our guest, Secret X Snake. I encountered Secret X Snake's now legendary run of gnome-goblin memes last year. My own personal magical practice has celebrated gnomes for nearly as long as I've been a wizard. So when I saw Secret Snake using popular meme formats to explore the complexities of gnomic and goblin culture, 
I immediately got on board. I was inspired to assume the mantle of Devon the Gnome for my DJ career last summer, and then I began releasing a series of mixtapes on Patreon inspired by Secret Snake's mega-viral gnome music meme, with titles like Caverncore, Root Bop, Deep Dark, and Subterranean Folk. And then, while pondering where I'd like to perform for my DJ debut, I struck gold when I realized I could bring these memes into my reality by throwing the world's first ever Gnomes vs. Goblin rave here in Louisville, Kentucky. Watching a dance floor full of pointy caps bouncing up and down while leather-clad goth goblins, or gothblins, if you will, slinked around the edges is something I'll never forget. And you can even listen to the mix I made for that party by visiting patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual. But today, we're going beyond my own admitted gnomic bias and digging deeper into what both of these odd little creatures can tell us about ourselves. As the meme master himself, Secret Snake joins the ritual to ask, are you a gnome or a goblin? Welcome, Snake. Hello. What's our magic word going to be? We're going to go with gravity. Gravity. Oh, getting heavy. All right. On the count of three. One, two, three. Gravity! gravity. Why gravity? Uh, because gravity is the power of Earth. Holding it down. Absolutely. It's yeah. this uh, magic that uh, we are all... Um, prone to we are all at its whims we are all both you know uh you know the proud recipients of its forces and also its victims all of Mm. us (laughs) yeah i think it's like you know i read a lot of sci-fi and it's one of the things that i think about often is just like we are so designed to be in this very specific environment and leaving this environment would be horribly uncomfortable in so many ways we don't think about like that is absolutely true. <laughs> I learned recently that uh, astronauts have to have a special glove for when they poop to like take the poop out of their butt because we're used to gravity just doing the work. <laughs> yeah, see the small things. It really is the small things that we just take for granted. And you couldn't even shit without the power of gravity unless you had a special glove. Exactly. <laughs> unless there we the have curvature it. of space time was taking the shit away from you so (laughs) (laughs) all right well we are both on earth in this 21st century and i don't even know how i stumbled across your work but uh your memes started appearing in my feed and i was like wow these these are really different these have like almost like story arcs and lore going on and you uh did a series about gnomes and gnomes and goblins that Uh, was very inspirational and led to me throwing a gnomes versus goblins rave here in Louisville, Kentucky. So I love that your memes created a real physical event that humans attended. Um, Give us the backstory because this is our literal first time talking. There was still something I could like do research on. Um, Right. How did you start doing what you're doing? (laughs) Um, Let's see. So this started about this time last year. It was the springtime 
And I've just been meditating outside a lot and kind of uh, just connecting or just like noticing the difference between meditating indoors versus outdoors, mm-hmm. sitting down, standing up, lying down, trying all these different combinations. Sativa, of, indica. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all these. Uh, d- yeah. Even meditating sober versus, you know, high on cannabis or whatever. And like they all have their distinct benefits and sort of features mm-hmm. um, to what you're getting out of it ultimately and like what kind of energy you are reflecting, producing, and distributing. Um, And it was about that time where some long-term projects had basically just gone poof and long-term friendships gone poof. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to chill on it. Instead of reacting to all this stuff, I'm Mm -hmm. just going to breathe and sit outside and I'm just going to enjoy myself and not let things bother me. Ultimately, it was around that time I just started noticing a lot of gnomes in stores. There was like a big marketing trend. It's still going of these Mm -hmm. little guys with their hats over their eyes. And there's just the nose and the beard poking out. And I'm like, what's with the gnomes? Like, this is just one of those things that's sort of ubiquitous. And yet, like, people don't have discourse about it. Yeah. And then at that time, I saw someone else post the phrase gnome pill, I think it was, or maybe I came up with that. Jeez, now I can't actually remember. Uh, but it was a very small trend. I looked it up on Know Your Meme. It started years ago, just like random, what, what we would call schizo posting yeah. uh, about like, oh, there's little people and stuff like that. And I was like, hold on, we can use this. This is useful. Yep. This reflects the sort of zeitgeist of people who want to be more ecocentric. It's like one step past cottage core mm-hmm. and uh, just tiptoeing right over the sort of like weird nationalistic tendencies that that can kind of have sometimes yep. and being like, well, let's break it down even further. Human beings are animals uh, interacting with nature and being a part of it. Ultimately, you know, nothing really separates us except our mentalities Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, I went with it and it's like, what would it be like to be this little person of lore, which every, you know, history and uh, mythology contains ultimately. And it's like, how can I basically for artistic and humorous purposes exploit that? <laughs> yeah, I think artistic and humorous purposes is, is very in line. It's a very gnome way of expressing the gnome idea. And I think a lot about these things, being a wizard and having associated myself very much with an archetype. And we have these information ecologies like social media platforms, and there's different strains of human ideas and culture that get uh, injected into them and kind of grow like fungus in the Petri dish. And (laughs) sometimes it's straightforward, like a meme format, like, oh, we're all just going to riff on this one thing and just remix it every which way. But then there's other things that I think are more archetypal. And it's like, hey, here's this aesthetic vision or here's this element of culture, something like Shrek that we're going to ironically, (laughs) but kind of even like post ironically work with. And those just take off. So if you look at the Petri dish, you could be like, oh, there's a bunch of green Shrek fuzz and there's this, you know, Shrek over everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a strain of tra- like Chad Soyjack discourse and, uh, you know, here's this gnome thing, which it's hard to tell whether it's 
us as individuals noticing a pattern or a pattern emerging at the same time that we notice it. But I feel like I've seen a lot more no meme content since I saw you starting to post about it. And as I don't know have I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely started something. And it's very funny because if you bring in the goblin part of it, yeah. um, people are like, oh, these things are in opposition to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, and I even had one person's like, my friend is researching gnomes and goblins. Is there some sort of like good versus evil mythology that reflects this? And I'm like, nope, that's that was me. My fault. <laughs> I made it seem like there was beef. There is not. There is not beef. This is not angels and demons of Catholicism or anything mm-hmm. like that. This is just stuff coming out of my brain space uh, because I saw a niche. And I went for it, just like, you know, mushrooms or mycelia would find a wet log and be like, this is where I live now. (laughs) Now, with with that being said, I think there is I think there is something resonant about that dichotomy that you've presented. And it's not gnomes, good goblins, evil, even though I'm very, very much team gnome. But I think there's different (laughs) energies. And I've actually in my own therapy been exploring like what goblin energy means and how I can stop repressing it and like balance these forces. But I'm curious, like, what is your kind of take on these two different vibes? Like, how would you for someone who's like, I don't even know what a gnome or a goblin is. Like, how would you explain it? <laughs> this is an excellent question. Uh, and I was, I figured there would be some kind of question about this earlier. So I was considering it. And it's like, you know, uh, maybe the interactive versus passive or active or passive mm-hmm. forces. Uh, gnomes would be more passive. They are more on the side of, you know, slow moving things of nature. We're talking about plants minerals and fungi mm-hmm. whereas yeah. goblins are almost the more animalistic aspect of mm. consciousness mm-hmm. um and that's it's most basic and then you can begin to ascribe certain features to each of those so like a gnome would be content sitting there in the sun doing nothing but considering it to be uh very productive whereas mm. a goblin might be sitting there scrolling through their phone or Mm -hmm. like uh, (laughs) binge eating their favorite snacks or possibly even like counting up their money or something like that. And there's this very like material as uh, as value kind of thing, as opposed to material as experience. Um, I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Absolutely. And I don't I don't want to get too Freudian with it, but it feels to me like I've I've I was working on a gnome book that I put on hold to do my wizard book, but I've like I've thought about gnomes a lot. Like it's been a thing for <laughs> right. a while. And the I see you're a of, man of culture as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the couple of themes. Well, it's 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 similar where I think dressing as a wizard, gnomes are very adjacent to wizards. So I'm like, oh well, that's Truly. cool. And I'm also aware if you tell everyone that you're into a specific thing and that thing is mass produced, they'll find cool versions of that thing and give it to you. So people will now give me gnome statues, which is great. I like it. I gave you a gnome statue. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, I took uh, your uh, very generous birthday donation Mm -hmm. and uh, I put a few other birthday donations in there. I really went deluxe on it. Spent about $70 on my gnome. He's got a shovel. He's got a squirrel on his shoulder. His name is Otis Oakencloak and he vibes. He chills out there. Yeah. I look at him all the time and I'll even put you know, little uh, nature offerings out in front of him. And then I look out my window and there's uh, 
a pregnant squirrel eating an apple. And I'm like, yes, you're there doing go. good work. Beautiful. <laughs> I have a gnome garden at my house that we finally just cleared all the invasive species away from and are now like cultivating with native plants and wildflowers and very things. Cool. And yeah, I've got a meditating gnome statue. That's a very nice anchor in front of a beautiful tree. Literally the Amazing. tree of heaven. is It's also an invasive species, but this one invaded here hey. like 100 years ago. So I think you know, <laughs> it can stay. It can stay. <laughs> I don't want to cut it down. Uh, but for me, as I thought about gnomes and watched some of the David the Gnome cartoon and the uh, gnomes books that they were based on, the, the themes that emerged for me, and this is by no means canonical, this is just one wizard's interpretation, was this idea of craft. So of things that we're doing that are enjoyable to do, but kind of produce something. So not just like the activity of itself, but if you're getting better and better at whittling, you're also making cool whittled things for your friends to enjoy. If you're getting better at doing this and it's not just about, ah, oh, I've got to go build this thing. So I have it. It's like, I'm doing this activity because I enjoy the process of getting better at it. And I'm producing something in the meantime. So I was right. doing fermentation crafts and I was like, this feels very cool. gnomey for me to like chop up a bunch of vegetables and make sauerkraut and then be like getting better at that. And then be saying, friend, here's a jar of sauerkraut. Like take this. Yes. The, the journey is the destination mm -hmm. uh, in that for sure. And, you know, you, immediate benefits of uh, an act of love of giving uh, a gift to a friend or even mm -hmm. a stranger. And it's just like, uh, kind of reflective of what I would think of as chaos as a benevolent force. It's like, I'm doing this. Like I could really be philosophical and be like, why am I doing this? It's like, mm -hmm. I'm just doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, a crow flying around isn't like, what am I doing? It's what just doing? having a good time surviving. Exactly. Yeah. And I think because I was coming at it from a wizard perspective, so much wizardry is like philosophical and heady and I do a lot of writing oh, yeah. and a lot of thinking and things that make my head hurt. So it's like <laughs> I wanted something where it was like physical, where it's like, right, you know, when you do some yard work, you're like, ah, the lawn needs to be mowed and now it's mowed. Cool. <laughs> Which is very different <laughs> than looking at a spreadsheet and being like, ah, stuff moved around. I don't know. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And um, there's so many features of our modern existence which are you know, proxy realities with screens and mm -hmm. all of that. And then you're like, I'm doing something very real that has immediate uh, impact and benefits yeah. uh, to my environment. I mean, maybe not so much with the lawn as much as that just helps you keep up with people not looking at you funny. But <laughs> and then um, I think the other element to it, though, is that gnomes are very jolly, which is something that you talked about i was using the term mirth i liked that word uh but this idea of like fun being the point right joviality joviality like the whole point is to come together and make this like fun experience and that is the destination and the journey and everything like all rolled into one like let's let's just go for it right and I feel like it's not so much about bypassing the things that are difficult or like overlooking them as much as it is, is confronting them and be like, I see you issue. Uh, and that's OK. You can be there because we're working towards you not being an issue anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, and there's this, you know, perspective of like, oh, I've got problems. It's like, no, you have specific challenges that are aligned with your development. 
And Ooh, that's the yeah. gnome way of looking at uh, yeah. issues, challenges, problems, you know. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. And you're like, oh, another rock to step over on my way up the mountain or down into the valley or wherever you're going. Yeah, I think that's 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 beautifully put. And one of the things that I've enjoyed, like rewatching the David the Gnome cartoon, is that's, you know, the kind of the crux of every episode is like, David's chilling, just doing his own home crafts. Like, uh, we're going to make a new thing. Like, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to make a new feeder for the mice I have as pets. And then someone shows up all out of breath and they're like, David, there's an animal that's hurt. And he's like, oh, shit. And then he like goes and helps the animal. And there's some trolls. He deals with the trolls. And then he like even that he's kind of like these jerks and like plays with them rather than has like an aggressive energy. It's not about right. defeating them. It's about kind of like setting them back a few paces. Right. Totally. And uh, that is very much the the gnome way of handling things. Whereas, you know, uh, a goblin would be like, please make this person suffer and yeah. go away and like kind of have the more transgressive uh, aspect, like smite them. Whereas uh, a goblin or, a, you know, a gnome would be more like, well, what if something so good happened to them that they had no desire to continue to fuck with my shit. Right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when people come to me with, you know, queries about like, how should I do this spell? For instance, I'm always like, or you could just ask for something that doesn't involve you having to get your hands dirty, like in a metaphysical way, or like, yeah. you know, you don't have to deal with like the negative aspects of things. You can just completely plow right through that and just like ask for something good. For mm-hmm. yourself or for them, it's like, oh, I don't like the people at my job. It's like maybe you should ask for a new job instead of asking your shitty coworkers to go away. Right. You know. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to put it. And yeah, I think it's there's something very Tao about gnomes. Like there's something very, like you said, in nature, enjoying the sunshine, not exactly. having a goal, appreciating that flow. It is very and Tao. Years ago. I came up with this idea of the distinction between internet trolls and internet gnomes. And while we are all very familiar with internet trolls, I was like, well, internet gnome is one of those pranks where it's like fun for everybody. It's not like we're bullying somebody's parents who killed themselves, which is just like horrifying. That's not even goblin behavior. That's like way grosser. Yeah. But like when... The two examples I like to give are when everyone named that boat, Bodie McBoatface. Like, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's, there's like no, like, if you're having a bad time because of that, like, stop taking yourself too seriously. Like, yes. the joke is available to you as soon as you step into it. If you're the scientist who was like, I wanted to name it after some dead scientist white guy, like, shut up (laughs) name it Bodie McBoatface like get on board (laughs) joke trains leaving the station or joke boats leaving the harbor I should say Um, and then the other one is when Walmart had that contest where whatever Walmart Facebook page got the most likes would have Pitbull go and perform a concert there (laughs) I didn't hear about that (laughs) oh and so like Twitter decided it should be this remote Walmart in the middle of nowhere Alaska it's like like (laughs) just like the most remote Walmart on earth. And so it got like way more likes than any other Walmart page. And then Pitbull went there and had a concert and he had a great time. All the people that were there had a great time. They're like, Oh yeah. 
We live in the middle of nowhere. No one even thinks about us. We got to have Pitbull come and play our Walmart. This slaps. Like, this is so oh, good. absolutely. That's amazing. That is benevolent chaos for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll move into goblin territory in a second, but I, I, I want to share just a few more gnome things because, like I said, I, <laughs> I was diving deep into this before our, our paths met. Right. And one of the ways that I came to gnomes was through Dungeons and Dragons. And mm-hmm. I had a character that worshipped a gnome god of humor. And I got really into the Wikipedia page for this gnome god of humor because it was like very chaos magic-y, very Taoist, like just very wizardly right up my alley. Right. And this is a quote that's from one of the source books, but I just pulled it off the wiki page uh, from Gar Glittergold, the uh, patron saint of gnomes. A sense of humor is an important thing for anyone to cultivate regardless of their hardships. The inhabitants of a community ought to cooperate for the greater good. Pranks are a sacrament. Authority figures shouldn't take themselves too seriously. The tales and jokes of the gnomish people should be preserved, but change should not be feared. I love that. Uh, I love D&D. The the lore is so rich. So many minds coming together to just make a completely different world. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. People using their imagination in, in concert like that. It's uh, amazing. And, and I love the quote too. I totally agree. <laughs> and it's such a, it's a, it's such a wonderful thing. Like what you just said about the macro and micro level, because in a single D and D game, that's exactly what's happening. We're all figuring out the story together as a collaborative effort, but in the macro world of D and D, it's all of these writers who at one point were like, yeah, I'll take a hundred bucks to write a couple gods for your D&D source book. Right. Like some sure. flavor text. <laughs> yeah, Garl Glitter go. Gold. That sounds gnomish. All right, yeah. let's go. I thought of this while stoned at a Black Sabbath concert in 82. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, the subject of a podcast conversation in the 21st century. <laughs> Fantastic. Glad to be a part of it. We are part of a, a long running but obscure tradition. Yeah. Of discussing gnomes. <laughs> so flipping over to goblins, my thought is it kind of, I think we all have this tension in ourselves in the modern world. Like we aspire to be Zen and be someone who just like does this cottage core thing and like comes home and doesn't look at their phone and like makes raspberry jam and has a tea party in the, in the park and has this like very beautiful <laughs> idyllic existence. But then that's not actually our world. And instead we come home and we're like, and we like doom scroll on our phone while like eating Doritos and like door dashing <laughs> a pizza and like watching reality TV while also like scrolling through hentai on our phone at the same time. And just like having this like weird garbage person goblin mode is that (laughs) is that kind of in line with what you feel or do you have a different interpretation uh no i feel like that could totally apply and i think people with when they're talking about goblin mode and especially with you know it being the word of the year for webster last year which i thought was hilarious (laughs) where it has like i mean congrats on that by the way yeah i I think i helped um Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like people considering it as like slovenly and disorganized and um uh, under enthused perhaps and under motivated for sure. Yeah. But in fact, it's just sort of, I mean, because our time is, you know, our life and how you spend mm-hmm. your time is how you spend your life ultimately. And like in the pressure of that, it's like we all try to refine ourselves to follow through with fewer of our impulses 
But meanwhile, this um, this goblin, this inner goblin is being put under greater and greater pressure yes. mm-hmm. and uh, forced to react because we're not wholly integrating that tea party in the park side of ourselves, but also the like <laughs> uh, manically like reorganizing uh, a box of rocks at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah, no, I I think that that idea of integration is is what I've you know personally been coming to because I've spent a lot of time being like, oh, I want to get this podcast edited, and I shouldn't just you know watch TV, and like I should try and eat healthy. I shouldn't just eat fistfuls of mass-produced snack food, but I like that stuff. Like yeah. I've always been somewhat jealous of the, you know, self-righteous vegan friends who are like, oh my God, if I ate a Big Mac, I would be so sick. Like I'm not even tempted. And I'm like, I'll eat five. Fuck it. <laughs> Burger storm. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to like keep that repressed. And I've started to realize like, oh yeah, that repression of that id like builds up. And I think it really does. So much of meme culture is like weirdly shamefully celebrating it like there's so many memes about like what monsters we are in our private time (laughs) as we become more and more alienated and we spend this time scrolling on our phone and then we see a meme that's like oh yeah i am also dysfunctional i'm also looking for my vape in bed for 15 minutes instead of cleaning my room (laughs) for 10 yes (laughs) well yeah it's ultimately it's relatable content uh mm -hmm. You know, and people respond to it because they're like, oh, yeah, that's me. I have, I have done this same thing or something extremely similar. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that's so fascinating is that there's this other stream, which is like the cottage core, you know, slightly fascist, you know, conservatism <laughs> of like, let's go back to this romanticized past. Right. And then it this didn't more, really exist. <laughs> yeah, it didn't exist. Sorry. Uh, and then there's this more like depression core irony kind of meme stream and i think you took both of those feelings those vibes and you connected it with these fantasy archetypes that people are like ah yes cool like that's a more fun way to relate to those and it kind of it celebrates my goblin tendencies instead of just like wallowing them in a more destructive way and it like elevates my like fantasy desires in a way that feels like cute and aspirational and like doable. Like I can kind of, you know, gnome it up on the weekend. It doesn't have to be, <laughs> you know, moving to a Nordic country and <laughs> doing fixing up an old, uh, you know, ski chalet and, you know, making your own deer hide yeah. belts. <laughs> yeah. Although that's cool too. <laughs> that would be very cool. If that is your dream, please go and do that and let me know how it goes. Yeah. We or don't owe me money do and I'll do it for you. Yeah. The idea is yes. Allowing time for both of these archetypes inside us to give them a little space and let them do what they're going to do. I mean, like they're not good or bad either. Like, you know, uh, the gnome will go with the flow, but you know what? So does a dead fish. And you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, a no or a, goblin would want to shake things up but so does an earthquake you know yeah. uh there's good and bad sides to both and it's all about where you're sitting but ultimately they're both valid impulses and i think they're worth following through on like if your tendency is to be the kind of person who like stands near the wall at like a function where people are dancing maybe you should be a little bit more goblin get out there and shake your limbs out a little bit and see what happens yeah uh, dunk your head in the punch bowl that. live it up Exa- the party <laughs> exactly 
Um, don't no stif- one puts lampshades on their head anymore. <laughs> this is a huge problem. <laughs> this is a huge problem. Today's teens are too anxious and self-conscious to put a lampshade on their head at a party. Zoomers are killing lampshade culture. <laughs> uh, I, I could I could really see that as a New York Times opinion column. <laughs> <laughs> it's already happening. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Only a matter of time. When I was in my twenties, this was a reliable routine, and you just don't see these days. <laughs> I wouldn't have met your mother without that lampshade. Yeah. I did realize once that uh Pushing people into pool culture definitely went down because it used to be like, ah, my wallet got wet. I had a receipt in there. And now everybody has like a cyborg device that you're like, dude, we're really mad at you, Gary. Like you you broke their phones. Like that's not cool. <laughs> Instead of being like, oh, that was funny. They got wet. Their clothes dried. It's like no big deal. Oh, I've never really thought of that. That's so funny. And that is actually how I killed my first. And the only time I ever did that, I jumped in a pool when I was 16. Cell phones were new. It was like a mm-hmm. Nokia brick or whatever. I'm like, oh. Yep. There it goes. It's dead. Yep. <laughs> Never did that one again, but uh myself yeah, is no longer waterproof. <laughs> and that's a part of goblin mode becoming so popular is because that, you know, spontaneity becomes more and more of sort of a resource um that's kind of being shaved away from our lives through how serious things have to be in order to uh make it uh, materially, economically, socially and otherwise, you know, like that spontaneity is so important. So I think that uh, with that being decreased in our everyday lives, there's more opportunities for the goblin to be uh, louder. Well, and I think that's that's such a great insight. And there's also something about alongside spontaneity, um, self-awareness, not in like the positive meditation way. But if you are used to being constantly self-mediated, then you're doing it for the gram. You're not being spontaneous. You're posing. You're trying to like make this thing and you're aware of how you're being perceived which then i think creates this like i go out into the world and i'm super self-conscious and then i come and i go i come home and i go into goblin mode because now no one can see me like Like, (laughs) i'm just gonna do all these like gross things and shame spiral (laughs) and like i have this dr jekyll and mr hyde reality where it's like my exterior person and my like private person are like wider apart than than I think in previous generations. Those who sacrifice their inner goblin for their out of outer gnome deserve neither and will get Ooh. neither. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. I like that. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I will say, I'm not going to be very gnome critical because I'm very, very into gnomes, but uh, reading the original uh, Dutch books about gnomes where they're presented as this like field guide, basically like here, we went and interviewed a bunch of gnomes and here's how they do things. Huh. They're like, this is what male gnomes wear. This is what female gnomes wear. When a gnome turns a hundred, this is the ceremony they do. And I was living in New York at the time and I was like, oh my God, this is what it must be like to be Hasidic. Like you see, like in the Hasidic Jewish neighborhoods, they're all wearing the exact same thing. Like it's very much like there's a style guide. And I was suddenly like, oh wow. Like this idea of gnome culture is very regimented. That's interesting. I've never thought about, you know, being in a culture like that. I'm used to, you know, I didn't even wear a uniform to high school or whatever. It's like, wear whatever you want. But thinking about like a more traditional society where it's like, here are the three options for what to wear. Here's when you wear it. (laughs) There's a certain level of social conformity, but it's actually like desirable for them because, you know, it shows that they're proud of who they are, et cetera. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, that's the idea with craft, right? Like, right. ah, we're going to weave baskets and we're going to do it the traditional way and then you come up with your own little things that still look like this culture's basket style, but it is your, like, subtle spin on it. You know, it's not, yeah. like, totally paint by numbers, but it's close. And I'd like to say that maybe gnomes are more collectively minded like that. Like, what I'm doing is not just for me, but it's a part of the community you know i'm, I'm yeah. helping by being my best self i'm actually giving back to the people who i love yeah. and who i'm surrounded with uh I, I think there's a certain aspect of that with goblinness too but it does seem to be somewhat more uh selfish <laughs> yeah. overall but hey you can't help others until you help yourself ultimately i feel so, like balance. gnomes are sort of anarchist anarcho Taoists, and goblins are more libertarian hedonist maybe <laughs> uh i i am definitely more on the gnome side of things but i wouldn't want to call goblins libertarians because i just feel like that's just too deep a dig individualists <laughs> yeah uh individualists would be fair i mean i'm not yeah. a huge fan of uh you know individual individualism as like a philosophy as it is yeah. like i'm definitely more collective but like if you look at um you know the mythology the flavor text it's like oh yeah the mushroom village this is where we all like do our crafts and we sing little songs together and you like think about the goblin village and it's just like bedlam people living in like shacks and you know things are on fire and uh people yeah. are more or less going about their business as is <laughs> i mean but that there's spontaneity for you <laughs> There's another fire in town again. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> you know, actually, maybe now that I think about it, they're both anarchists, but it's sort of like gnomes have this like socialist anarchist, the kind of like anarcho-utopianism dream, whereas goblins are the anarchy that Fox News viewers are afraid of, where it's just going to be <laughs> like cop cars on fire. I, I think you just nailed it. <laughs> and you know, and uh, that just goes to show you too, the way you put it, uh, you know, where um, it's highly valued for things to go smoothly, um, being disruptive is actually very socially valuable because, you know, it checks the foundations that you're building your culture on. Like, is this sturdy or not? We're going to find out by, yeah, throwing some rocks and screaming. <laughs> oh, my God. Is Silicon Valley just goblins? Is that like they've got like giant gold piles and they have this weird disruption overall philosophy? I feel like at a certain, I mean, I, I just want to say that goblins, I feel like they have like wholesomeness at their core. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like you would hate the fox that was like killing the chickens from your hen house. But at some level, you have to be like, well, they are, you know, feeding their babies with that's the true. chicken. Yeah. And you're like, got to view it as a whole. I, I feel like you can graduate into sort of like hyper goblinism. And I would just call that like, ghoulish behavior at some Ooh. point you just become a ghoul when you are uh, cannibalizing off of your you know fellow yeah. people you're really detached from life uh, as it is like the uh, people in silicon valley it's like for us it's like ah oh, crap i gotta spend six hundred dollars on tires uh, mm. i'm just gonna put it on my credit card and you know i guess i'm gonna get like a few less uh, Starbucks this month or whatever. Mm -hmm. With them, it's like we didn't get reservations to you know the fancy restaurant, and now everyone's going to think that we're poor and stupid. It's like, wow, yeah. your lives are absolutely miserable. You're spending millions of dollars um, to go try to have fun or appear as if you're having yeah. fun 
Whereas the goblins, they have a, a case of beer and a, a boat with a hole in the bottom and they're having the time <laughs> of their lives. I, I appreciate this pushback a lot because I think you're right that the goblin thing is more like a circle pit at a punker metal show where from the outside, everyone's like, oh my God, this is violent chaos. And when you're in that pit and you stumble and fall, you feel like eight hands lift you up immediately because there's this community there. Absolutely. Um, This is an analogy I really vibe with. I've spent lots of time at metal shows and in mosh pits. And that's just what you do. I've never seen anyone get seriously injured despite the fact that there were big, like giant men with like just huge bodies just throwing themselves around. And then, you know, you'll see like a young and small like woman in the mosh pit too. And like, she's not getting hurt. She's fine. Everyone's like, Oh, there's a lady. (laughs) You know, just like going around her or whatever, Mm -hmm. or like a kid, you know, like no one's trying to like check some 14 year old as hard as they fucking can, maybe in like the Midwest and the hardcore scene. But uh, that was never really my vibe. Yeah, I'm from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, you yeah. know what's up. <laughs> but um, no, I yeah, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but growing right. up in the punk scene, yeah, I always thought it was weird where it's like some dude named Chad that's all preppy is held up as like what you should be doing. And he's, you know, fucking leaving his friend passed out to choke on his vomit to go date rape somebody. And it's just like a nightmare. Whereas <sighs> in the punk scene, there's some very scary looking dude with face tattoos whose name is Skullfucker, And he would never hurt a fly. He's vegan. The only time he would get aggro is if like somebody was fucking with somebody else in the community. And it's like, yeah, that's that's a very cool, positive goblin energy right there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's someone that's someone who's fully integrated. You know, they have uh the light, they have the darkness, and they um, exist within those things. Yeah. Now, I want to get back into our uh, our kind of origin story, I guess. Because um, you, you were saying that you were sort of, you know, like one part of your life was ending. Some projects had disappeared. Some social changes had occurred. And then you started making these memes. And, I mean, I've seen some of them take off for sure. I've definitely, you know, we're all in our little info bubbles. But I've seen some get shared pretty widely um oh yeah what has your experience been like watching this thing kind of spread through the uh the ecosystem uh it's just been really fun for me because again it's it's a uh, benevolent chaos i've been liking that phrase a lot where it's like mm-hmm. you cannot see beyond the horizon of your own influence as a person like mm-hmm. you're aware of like what is in front of you and proximally like what's around you but like once your idea hits the internet, there's really no telling in what ways it may influence people. Yeah. Um, and it's just really cool to see. It's like, I kind of, I did this, you know, it's like a, a group effort ultimately. Like I couldn't have done it without, you know, thousands of people who I will never even meet. Yeah. But uh, it's cool to see people relate so much uh, to the ideas that I'm just kind of putting out there. And a lot of it is, it's just really for fun and for silliness. And like, if I'm lucky, like further discussion and deeper thought, like, but I'm mm-hmm. not expecting that. Like yeah. uh, on a lot of levels, it really is kind of like a, a shallow thing, but it's, that's, I mean, it's got its, you know, surface and it, it has its depths in like, whether you're just like, ha gnomes, that's cool. Or like gnomes. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's it's for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, I saw some article about, you know, how do we even keep track of all the micro trends this year? And it was like mentioning gnome core and these things no that way. Are, just, are growing <laughs> and spreading. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'll I'll 
you know, just recap the connection it's had in my world. But I threw a fucking party, dude. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. like, you know, 150 people came out and like danced and wore gnome hats on a dance floor, which is very cool. So and cool. sort of like the Harry Potter sorting house question, everyone had to confront this thing of, oh, shit, am I a gnome or a goblin? And it was very cool to see my friends like sort themselves into those buckets. And like one of my friends has very much goblin identified and like is finding a lot of like energy in that. And it's, uh, you know, cool to see that happen. And then I, that was originally yours, right? The gnome music one. Yes. Yes. I I was pretty sure that was. But what I was telling my partner who I was going to chat with, she's like, wait, it's the person that did that one? That one's everywhere. I was like, yeah, that one's great. Um, For the listeners at home who are unfamiliar, it's a meme where it's, I forget what the other format is. Maybe you can explain it better. So uh, the original format was two, like two people, they're facing each other and the person on the right is just, you know, there's one bullet point. It's electronic music. And then the person on the left has all the sub genres of electronic music. Yeah. So what I did trance, techno house, French gabber. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. So I took the guy on the left and I shrunk him down and I put <laughs> a little pointy hat on him. So the person on the right is just looking at gnome music, but the person on the left is looking at uh, dandelion jazz and cavern core and uh, hill and roll and uh, every root. I just bop and yeah, it's- I got this idea and I was like, all right, we take me on a journey and I smoked a little weed and I just came up with like two dozen gnome genres and people to this day, like I even found a blog where someone was trying to sort out which ones were real and which ones were fake. And it turns (laughs) out some of the ones that I uh, quote unquote made up actually already existed. I knew Cavern Core existed and that's just kind of like old school death metal with a lot of reverb on the vocals. Mm. makes them sound like a monster in a cave. I was aware of that one existing, but uh, you know, I was like, what about deep dark? And someone's like, yep, that exists. <laughs> like, oh, okay then. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, growing up in the punk scene, I'm used to, and it's kind of like, I mean, like if you don't take it too seriously, it's a lot of fun where you see a flyer and like, you know, these are all tiny underground bands. So you need to get like a little bit of context of like, what is the show? Mm-hmm. So it'll be like rap puke. And then it will be like, you know, Eastern Ohio doom death punk. And you're like, okay, yeah. that's cool. And then it will be like, you know, scabies fist, and you're like, oh, Black, this blackened is, sleaze crust, blackened <laughs> sleaze crust, and you're like, you know, sometimes it tells you where it's from, sometimes it just gives a descriptor, sometimes it's a real thing, sometimes it's kind of just made up, but it it's great. And I took it and was like, hey, I'm doing these DJ things, and I didn't want to be Devin the Wizard as a DJ. I was like, I'm already a wizard. Like this is my side project as a wizard. So it's like this should be very fun about me playing a character. And I came up with the idea of being Devin the Gnome. And I was like, oh, instead of just making a million mixes that no one ever hears and they're just for me, I'll just go through this meme and make one for every genre and just release them as mixtapes on my Patreon. So Brilliant. shout out patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual or $4.20. Uh, you can hear I've got like five or six of them so far. Oh, cool. Um, but it's been super fun to just like pick one off the list and go, what do I think Cavern Core is? What do I think Root Bop is? Root and then <laughs> not worrying about it being quote unquote real, but just going with that as inspiration. So totally. your stoned idea has helped me get stoned and make mixes. So there we go. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I'm curious though, like, have you had uh, like other people reach out or what kind of, is, are there any other kind of like cool highlights of moments where people have reached out or you've you've found these blogs or things like that where you've seen it kind of infiltrate culture? 
Well, once I became aware that it was kind of, like I said, you know, living a life beyond the horizons of my own, I was like, Mm -hmm. how far is this going? So I started Googling gnome pill and various things like that. And I found out that according to Know Your Meme, which is quite the authority on like how these uh, trends develop, that I am the number one contributor. I was named, you know, by name. And like they showed a ton of the ones that I had made. And so I'm like, oh, I guess I'm the top contributor to Gnome Pill. And it it mentioned the uh, gnomes versus goblins dichotomy too. And then I actually found like a college like thesis style paper about gnomes and goblins as, you know, like inner voices or cultural archetypes. And it was so studious and academic and just like really well thought out. And I was like, wow they really put some thought into this and it was yeah. just like it took my thinking about it to a completely different level and i'm like this person really thought about this and they're very smart <laughs> I, I i have had that experience very often because i i think about the universe a lot but i don't have a philosophy degree and i'm not trying to have one and i'll right. suddenly stumble across something where i'm like damn these are my ideas but yeah. cited and like <laughs> academic and I was like, well, whatever. The world needs idiots too. Like, you know, like <laughs> some people want to go read Kant. Some people can't be bothered and they want to listen to a wizard, like paraphrase it poorly on a podcast. You know, there's if, different if, strokes. If you listen deeply enough and you listen long enough, you will hear those same ideas that you're going to like from the text. You will see them and hear them bubble up in life naturally yeah. in the most organic ways. I have found like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I posted some meme. I can't even remember what it was. And someone's like, sounds like you misinterpreted Hegel. And I'm like, never read him. Sunglasses <laughs> moment. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, it's really funny because, you know, nowadays people have their papers and stuff. And I'm not trying to trash, uh, you know, the academics or anything like that. They do important work. But a lot yeah. of the time it's just like, you know, I had these same thoughts in the bathtub while smoking a spliff. Like, <laughs> but I like the way you put them, but they make more sense to me when they're inside myself. And uh, when you get into stuff like Deleuze and stuff, you're like, what the hell is going on here? And yeah. as an art form, I think it's valuable. But then, like, people really try to make sense of it. And it's just like cracked, <laughs> yeah. absolutely fried. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I remember reading that book about, um, what is it like the black metal bands uh, where they they ended up murdering the guy and they were burning churches and all of that like Norwegian yes. black metal shit from Shoot, the, the what 90s. is that book called? I have also Lords read of Chaos. It. Lords of Chaos. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Um, and I'm reading it and I'm like, oh my god, these are all like rich Norwegian kids that like are arguing in the comments, except it's like through zines and angry letters and like things like that. But it's it's literally this is like a YouTube comment thread with someone be like, you think you're the most evil. I'm the most evil. And when I <laughs> studied the history of philosophy, it's kind of like that too, where it's somebody spending their whole life, you know, dying of syphilis and like writing an angry <laughs> letter about how Deleuze was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I'm like two points. They're like, it's these two points where you really got it wrong. And it's like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny when, you know, people write these commentaries and then there's commentaries for the commentaries and then even commentaries for the commentaries for the commentaries. And uh, once you get into esoteric lore, there is a lot of that. But, you know, uh, I'm not like I don't think that the discourse is as important as some people make it out to be, but it's valid nonetheless. It's like and that's how these things develop and accelerate. And, you know, with the advent of the Internet 
Like we probably could have passed over that whole more evil than thou era of black metal if you know they were just able to like talk shit long enough on AOL Messenger. We probably yeah. have a few uh, more um, stave churches left around, etc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it is what it is, and people react, and you know, history is made, and we uh, we accept it, and we're like, well, that was interesting. Yeah. Well, and here's where I wonder sometimes if like the poison is producing its own medicine. Like I'm really grateful for this thing that's emerged from internet meme culture of touch grass. Like what a succinct mantra of just like log off, touch grass, go be, go be a gnome, just like sit in a field. Like it's so short and sweet and simple. And I think that's really beautiful that like it's emerged from that and is kind of Similar with the idea of gnomes and goblins, where it's like, go to a party, <laughs> like go For to a human real. party and put a lampshade on your head, like go riddle by a tree in the park and like smoke a spliff and like what a beautiful Sunday you just had. Like Absolutely. the memes are telling us good things in some ways. Yeah. And I think, you know, with enough attention focused onto a few specific apps, people, uh, they just get sort of blinded to the actual reality. And it's kind of funny because it's like we just reinvented Gnosticism. We have this like false reality that is full of like pain and it's like not Mm -hmm. real or substantial. And uh, all you got to do to enter the real world is just kind of put your phone down. Like you're doing more for your nervous system and your soul by yeah, literally like laying in the grass and like watching bugs do their slow little advance along the ground and like watching yep. a bird go over by like you're going to have more novel thoughts. You're going to have better dreams. You're going to have mm-hmm. better sleep and uh, you're going to be feeling more whole because you're not constantly being diminished, uh, dwindled by uh what I call these days, like digital Las Vegas. You know, I went to Las Vegas. It was mm. instantly uh, obvious. I went for a, a metal festival. It was awesome. Yeah. But it was instantly obvious to me that like every square inch of this place is just designed to steamroll capital out of your living body. Yes. And then I got back from the <laughs> living trip. Living in quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got back and I'm like scrolling through my phone. I'm like, Dude, the this is just Las Vegas all over again. Every mm-hmm. third thing you see is an ad, yep. and the other two things often are like trying to um, evoke some kind of emotional response, whether mm-hmm. it be good or bad. Like even like if it was all just jokes, it's like you're still getting juiced. You're still gonna feel that fish hook in your mouth eventually. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have like limited myself uh, significantly. In uh, how much social media I intake, and I think it's like I'm. That's not what's going to make you happy. You got to like replace right that you know dopamine loop with something else more substantial. But it's so easy, like pretty much doing anything physical, tactile, intellectual, social mm-hmm. is going to be more rewarding. But then also, I mean, that's all gnome stuff. But then you got to give the goblins some too. So by all means, scroll. Scroll for an hour or two. Like, just like get what you need out of it and then be like, this is dumb. Because it is. Yeah. It's it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I think you're, oh my God, that Las Vegas analogy is so perfect because I went to Vegas and I was like, oh, this is like where the train of capitalism drops you off. And 
you are <laughs> so wrecked from like soda and fried food and smoking and drinking. And you have like this meager bit of life savings you've squeaked out. And now you're here to just pour it into a slot machine in a smoke filled casino. And it's like, bleh. yeah. And it's advertised to us as like a sexy fun time. Like what happens <laughs> in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> but that's like a mirage, which is oh, the yeah. name of the casino. Right. So, <laughs> I stayed at Circus Circus. If you're familiar with the uh, internet, meme of the back rooms that's yes. pretty much the physical manifestation of the back rooms it is totally clown core uh it is goofy it is loud smelly um but uh it's really cheap rooms it doesn't deserve the bad rap that it gets oftentimes if you're in vegas and you need a cheap place to stay go to circus circus tell them snake sent you <laughs> don't go to vegas <laughs> yeah or don't go to vegas if you're like kind of like a philosopher or even, you know, a pervert or some combination or of both. someone who likes vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. go to Vegas. If you like vegetables, you're not going to find <laughs> I feel like it's like as an American, you should make a pilgrimage there just to be like, huh? So this is what untaxed mob money can do. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's yeah. what built it. And it is like a cyberpunk reality. Like there's the zoning yeah. laws are just like, whoop, like they're out. Like it's crazy. But don't spend too long there if you feel like you must go and if you are like sensitive to a bunch of bad vibes, because there are plenty of those. Well, and your 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 point is so actually accurate behind the scenes because a lot of the social media development strategy is based around what's called like the slot machine effect, which is a random reward. So mm -hmm. if you get a reward at every 10 points, then it's reliable and it's less addictive than keep cranking it and you never know when you're going to see something cool like, you know. You never know when you're going to open your phone and there's like a really interesting message or like that post you made is going crazy viral or like there's <laughs> right. something happening. So that's where we we stay in goblin mode being like, give me more gold. Ah. <laughs> give me this digital dopamine. Delicious. I drink yeah. it up. <laughs> well, I think this is the perfect time for us to discuss a spell. So at the uh. end of these episodes, I like to figure out with the guest. What's the, like the least somebody can do? Because I think often good advice is very overwhelming. It's well-meaning, but it's it denies our inner goblin and it tells us to be like, you know, perfect meditators. Right. Uh, so what's a little spell that the listener can do to harmonize themselves with uh, yes. these goblin gnome vibes? Uh, yes. As we were talking, I was kind of devising this thing. And we're just going to go with a small visualization. Whatever ritual rigmarole you would usually do to get started do that. Light a little incense, light a candle. Do say, some poppers. Yeah. <laughs> Eat a, uh, you know, fun-sized bag of uh, potato chips, you know. Um, and then get into your meditative space. We're going to have, you know, like I said, like maybe a candle, some incense. You don't even really need that, though. All you really need is the inner mechanics of your mind and imagination. What I want you to do is I want you to imagine your inner gnome. Look at their dress. Look at their demeanor. Uh, really take your time fleshing them out as a character in your head. And then do the same thing. I want you to see your inner goblin. You know, what are they wearing? How many teeth do they have? <laughs> what <laughs> color are their eyes? And these are both you. And what I want you to do is I want you to put those yous in a room together. And I want those characters to look at each other in the eyes, extend their hands in friendship, and shake them and say something to each other, perhaps, but maybe just like come to an agreement of we live in the same neighborhood of this person's mind. And now we are going to work together to make the neighborhood better. Uh, 
you get your time to go throw paint at a wall and mm-hmm. you get your time to pick dandelions and name a dragonfly. So everyone gets their time and no one feels left out. You have your spontaneity and you have your routine and intact uh, intersecting. So I want to I want to add one little boost to that. So I love this okay. idea of do your ritual, find what your gnome looks like, find what your goblin looks like. Um, I'm not the best visual imaginer, so like feel free to just have like a loose concept or like describe it to yourself. Right. Like, okay. Don't, don't get hung up on like the visual. Oh, for but, sure. But then once you've activated them, sometime in the following week, when you have a moment when you have nothing to do or you're feeling down or like whatever the vibe is, when you're at one of these moments. Take a moment and imagine like a cartoon where, you know, Tom from Tom and Jerry has like the angel Tom and the devil Tom and they're whispering in his ear. Take a moment to check in with your inner gnome and your inner goblin and see what they both are offering you and then pick one and don't, you know, it's not good or bad. It's not good evil like we talked about earlier, but, you know, you're coming home tired from work. What is your inner gnome saying you could do? What is your inner goblin saying you could do? Do one of them check in another time and do the other and make sure that you're kind of letting both of them speak to you and explore these different directions. I like that. And you know, uh, because you make a good point though, if you are not a strong visualizer at all, you could either even make it more tactile by drawing symbolic representations or even sigils. Um, and then having them, you can even have your eyes open and finding a way to make them interact and get along. Yep. And uh, see what that does for you. Um, if you're not fighting an internal war, imagine how much you know energy you could be freeing up by just going with your impulses and just being okay with that. Not being worried about like, oh, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? It's like I'm just going with what uh, my inner little people are telling me to do right now. And that sounds pretty funny but uh <laughs> i think just um, i'm a therapist an and this is what i do with clients on a regular oh okay basis. <laughs> all right here i am practicing psychology without a license yep. awesome <laughs> <laughs> all right well snake thank you so much for these uh gifts you've given the world i i can tell you personally it brings me such delight um not only knowing that somebody else is dancing with these archetypes in such a wonderful playful joyful way uh, but that you're experiencing them by smoking a spliff in the bathtub, which is something that I also like to do with oh. kind of how I tuned into the wizard archetype. Oh, yeah, so, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best, yeah. Meditation doesn't always have to be about focus. Sometimes it's about rambling the in your opposite mind. opposite of that. The opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Putting yourself in a barrel and having your unconscious just roll you down the hill. Well said. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Devin. It's been a pleasure. For more of Secret Snakes Magic, Check our meme work out on Instagram at SecretXSnake. That's SecretXSnake on Instagram, where uh, I find them to be one of the most original meme artists in the game right now. Um, I think the way they play with formats is really funny. I think the way they'll take different ideas, even beyond gnomes and goblins, and just kind of explore them. And you can see how much fun he's having it's just uh it's just a really good vibe so check out secret snake on instagram and like i said i'm in this gnome game for real i dj as devin the gnome and i've been having so much fun making gnome music mixes for the patreon 
So check out patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual where you can check out other bonus content, including all of my pretty much hour long or more uh, gnome music mixes. So I'm a gnome. I'm working to integrate my inner goblin. But more than anything, I'm a fucking wizard. And I want you to know I believe in you. Your magic is real. <laughs>